Good morning. Good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class is sponsored by Yaakov Shirazi on the occasion of the eighth day of Hanukkah, La Slachaba Komiko Kofu success and everything, and as well in honor of Rosh Chodesh yesterday uh, uh, as well. Breakfast in the Class is a dedicated also loving memory of Jacob's father, Shaul Eni. Alava Shalom Lilui Nishmat Shaubin Victoria, sponsored by Raquel and Jacob Eni and family. Hazak Baruch. Breakfast in the class also dedicate loving memory of Vanessa's mother, Diana Cohen. Lilu Nishmat Diana Bat Sophia Leah Shalom, sponsored by Vanessa and Joe God. As well, sponsored by Yossi Levi as a Seudat Hoda'ah. And dedicated in loving memory of Selim Moni Dahan. Alava Shalom Lilu Nishmat Shalom Ben Rachel, sponsored by Peggy and Morris Dahan and family. Uh, lastly, Breakfast in the class is dedicated in loving memory of Lilu Nishmat Joseph Major. Alava Shalom Yosef Ben Rina Victoria. Ani Yosef, my daddy's favorite parasha, and for the Askara of our grandfather, Morris H. Levy Moshev in Victoria, sponsored by Reina and Ezra Cohen, and Raquel and Gabby Habert. Hazaku Baruch. My friends, we are on the last day of Chanukah. Can I get some booze? Boo. Okay. If only, if only we could extend it a couple more days to feel the warmth and the beauty and the light of this special holiday a little bit longer. Um, but before we say goodbye to this holiday, and the cold brew as well. I thought we, you were getting another sponsorship. No, the, you just took it for the week. Oh, you just took it for the week. Okay, I thought it was, you mentioned it was an old sign. And the week of cold brew sponsored by David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. My friends, my friends, um, there's one beautiful idea that I wanted to share with you about Chanukah on this last and final day uh, of this illustrious holiday. And I'm going to start by uh, asking what may seem to be a little bit of a strange question. Um, the name of the holiday is Chanukah. Asks the Ben Yishchai, why do we call the holiday Chanukah? We should call it Nachukah, which I think just threw me for a loop. Even just seeing that someone should ask that question, that's a very strange sound. The question also, I mean, Nachukah, Nachukah, Yom, I don't know if it has the same ring as what we used to, but he says, if the mitzvah, if the reason why it was called Chanukah, which one of the main reasons that we bring down is that the Jewish people were fighting the, the uh, Yevanim, the Greeks, and on the 25th day of Kislev, Kafe, Chanu, they went and they encamped. So Chanu, Kafe, is together an amalgamated word, is called Chanukah. So he says, if that's the case, then we should actually mention the fact that they rested on that day, which is Nachukah. Chanu means that they camped on that day. The important thing is not that they camped on that day. The important thing is that they rested from war on that day. So the name of the holiday would seem to be uh, maybe off or uh, Ill, ill-advised as Chanukah and not, not Nachukah. So he gives an interesting answer. And I'm going to start with his answer and then perhaps we'll take it in a little bit of a different direction. The Ben Yishchai answers, he says, that actually that is the appropriate name. However, the Gemara says, my Chanukah, what is this Chanukah that we instituted? And the Gemara says that, that actually this holiday, the purpose of this holiday was to be able to give thanks and to give praise to Borei Olam. But what they did not do was, they did not institute a holiday where people would need to, uh, just like all the other holidays, would need to not, not go to work. The, on Chanukah, a person is allowed to go work in the office, they're allowed to do melacha, 
They could turn on the lights and get in the car and use their phone and do all the things that they would normally do on any other day. Chanu represents, sorry, Nahu represents resting. So the indication or the implication of Nahu Chafei would indicate that the holiday was one of rest. Illustrating incorrectly that a person had to rest from work. The word, right? Shabbat, menucha. Same yesod, same word as the word nachu. So therefore, in order that there wasn't confusion, we did not call it nachuka. Very interesting, Ben Ishchai. But I thought perhaps that there's a little bit of a different interpretation, a little bit of a different understanding, and perhaps you'll follow with me on this, on this little journey. There seems to be a machloke between the Rishonim, between the, uh, the early commentators that followed the Geonic period, about a thousand years ago, between uh, the Ran and the Me'iri, which is uh, Rabbeinu Nachman and Nat of Breslov, uh, from a long, much, much way, way before him, right? The, uh, the, great, the great Rishon who wrote the Chidushi Aran in the back of the Gemara, and as well the Me'iri, as well was uh, one of the Rishonim. They both hold that actually, what day did the Jewish people stop uh, what day did they stop their work? What day did they, excuse me, the, the wars? They did not stop it on the 25th. In fact, I was approached last week by someone with a question. He was actually doing the recording on Sunday uh, for the first day of Hanukkah, right before Hanukkah started. And he asked me, he said, Rabbi, I don't understand. You're telling me, Hanu, Chafeh, that they stopped fighting on the 25th of Kislev. That means that what night would have been the first night that they could have lit? The 26th of Kislev. So why is Chanukah start on the 25th? What a great question. Because in Judaism, the night of the day precedes the day. The night precedes the day. Like Friday night is the, Arab, is the night of Shabbat. Already we stop working in the evening. So if they stopped the war on the 25th, that means that the night of the 25th was the night before. They lost that night already. They were still at war during that period. So why are we lighting on the 25th, which is actually the evening that follows the 24th, like Jewish, the Jewish calendar goes, if they were still at war. And you know what, I gave, him, uh, I gave him an interesting answer that I remembered. But actually, it's a machloket between the Rishonim. The Ran and the Me'iri write that actually the wars ended on the 24th of Kislev. Rambam, however, which is the opinion that I was always brought up with and I always remembered, Rambam says, like everybody else knows, when did they rest? On the 25th. The wars ended on the day of the 25th. Now, even if, that's, if, even if that's the case, and we would need to answer why exactly, according to Harambam, we would light, light the night before, I'd like to share with you an amazing chidush that is found in the Sefer Shefa Haim. He writes something unbelievable. He says that after the wars were over, on the 24th in the afternoon, Borei Olam was so excited, God was so keen on the Jewish people getting back to the Beit HaMikdash after they fought so hard to be able to uh, come back to their religion that that day Borei Olam did a miracle and the sun on the 24th in the evening actually set earlier than it was supposed to. A miraculous occurrence in order that that night, the night of lighting, the, the lighting of the menorah should happen earlier, that they should get back to the Beit HaMikdash and back into the service. So that night, in fact, amazingly, says the Shefa Hayim, the machloket between the Rishonim, it's not actually a disagreement. 
They're both saying the same thing. One of them is telling you that they ended the wars on the 24th in the afternoon. The other one is saying, it's true that they ended on the 24th in the afternoon. But the sun set miraculously early on that day. And therefore, what day was it already? It was already the 25th. Magnificent. According to this Rabbutai, we actually even have another example, another answer for the question of why we celebrate eight nights of Chanukah if the first night was not a miracle. The first night they lit the oil, oil burns, that's not a miracle, right? So we should be celebrating the fact that there were seven extra days. There should be seven days of Chanukah. Another answer to that question is that the first night of lighting was also achieved via a miraculous medium by the fact that it came before it was supposed to. It, it, it was, became early, it became um, uh, nighttime early on that night. And he ends off and says something remarkable. He says, therefore, we know we light the Nerot of Chanukah, the lights of Chanukah. When do we light them on Friday night? We light the, the lights of Chanukah when? Before, while it's still daytime. Because on Erev Shabbat, are you allowed to light the candles uh, after nightfall? You're not allowed to. It's Shabbat already. So what do we do? We light the candles. Then we light the candles of Shabbat. Then we go to Shul. The question is, I get that you can't light the candles on the night, during Shabbat. But lighting candles during the day is nothing. So what are we doing when we light the candles at Okay, so you're going to tell me, no, 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 Rabbi, you're getting it wrong. Because you know what? We have all this extra oil that we put there so it burns even into the night. You're forgetting the, one of the most simple laws of Chanukah. And that is, that what is the mitzvah of Chanukah? The mitzvah of the lights of Chanukah is to light them. The fact that they are burning doesn't help. What happens if I took two, I mean, sorry, if I took eight giant vats of oil and I lit them on the first day of Chanukah and they burned for eight days straight. Ironically, I would not have fulfilled my mitzvah of Chanukah on night two, night three, night four, night five. Why? Because the mitzvah is to light them. In fact, so much so, the Gemara says, Kavta inazakukla. If you lit the candles, 10 seconds later it blows out, you don't have to relight them. You know why? The mitzvah was to light it. If that's the case, on Friday evening, when we go, before we go to shul, we're lighting during the daytime. It's not yet the time to light the menorah. How do we fulfill the mitzvah even if we add extra oil? Doesn't make sense. The answer is, according to the Shefa Hayim, a magnificent answer. The answer is that that actually is represented by the fact that on Chanukah itself, there was an element of the day that was brought forward towards the night. So on Friday when we light, what are we commemorating? We're commemorating that first day of Chanukah. My friends, let me add to this. The Sefer Or Torah, he says something that later he found corroborated in the Sefer, uh, in the Sefer Dorot. What year did the miracle of Chanukah happen? Does anyone know? This is a good trivia question. 165 BC. I can't answer the English year. I'm talking about a Hebrew year. Give me more than that. 3,000. Okay. 3,621. Or 22, it says. So let's go with 22 to make it even. Because we're now in 5782. So 5782 minus 3622 gives you 2160. 
So the miracle of Hanukkah happened 2,160 years ago. He says if you go back to those two years that the Sefer HaDorot tells you is the year when Hanukkah happened, you'll find that the first night of Hanukkah, the night that was brought forward, the sun set early in order they should be able to light the Nerot Hanukkah that night, was Erev Shabbat. So on Erev Shabbat, when we're lighting early, we are actually commemorating the first Friday night of Leil Hanukkah, which is the first night of Hanukkah, which they lit on Erev Shabbat. Isn't that magnificent? Okay? Now, after we've learned all of this, I want to perhaps shed a little bit of light back onto the story of the question that we started with. The Ben Yishchai's question was, why do we call it Hanukkah? We should call it Nachukah, that they rested on the 25th. My friends, the answer was not that they rested on the 25th. That was not the point. The point was that they were able to go back and reinstate that, the, the lights of the Hanukkiah in the Beit HaMikdash. The whole purpose of the war was for what? Was to go back to the encampments of the Jewish people, to the Beit HaMikdash, to those places. Matobu o Right? What do we say? How great are your encampments, O Israel? Your tents, O Jacob, right? What was Bil'am pointing out? That there's something unique about the Jewish home. What were the Hashmonaim fighting for? They were fighting for the ability to have a pure, unadulterated, untampered uh, 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 with Jewish home. Home. And that's why we light the Nerot of Hanukkah of the Beit HaMikdash, not only in the synagogue, which would be a parallel to the lighting in the Beit HaMikdash, but rather at the gateways, at the, uh, at the, uh, at the door and at the, at the window of every single Jewish home. So the miracle of Hanukkah was the fact that they were witnessing within God's Ratzon himself. They fought this war, but then God said, come on home. Come back to the Beit HaMikdash, light the candles again, clean out the Beit HaMikdash. And I love that idea. The Pasuk tells us, excuse me, the, the Tefillah tells us in al Anisim, after they won the war, ken ba'u. Right? After that, ba'u ba'u, your children came back. They emptied out the, uh, the house of idols. They, they were metahed, they purified. The, uh, the, the holy sanctuary of Boreola. And they lit these candles in the holy uh, courtyards of the Beit HaMikdash. Chatzrot means plural. It should have said, Bechatzar Kochecha. Bechatzrot means in every single chatzer, in every single courtyard of every single Jew, they were able to relight. So therefore the name of this holiday is not about Nahu. They could have rested from the war and actually the war could have been pointless. And it makes me wonder all the time when I think about it. You know, we fight so hard to be Jews. We fight so hard for a Jewish state. We fight so hard in Eretz Yisrael for all of these things. My friends, we, ne we can never forget that if we come home from a battle and we are safe, but we have not... Uh, justified the terms, the reason for our existence, 
then really the battle was pointless and the lives lost were of no significance. So if you fought for a Jewish state and for a Jewish people, but the Jewish people are not Jewish, so what are we doing? Give it all away, give the land away, change your last name to Ryan, let's move into Arkansas, no one will be, no anti-Semites because there's no Jews. Could you understand this? Nachuka would be the tragedy of them coming home and not lighting the candles. So therefore, Al-Anisim, we talk about the war. But what was the aftermath of the war? To me, it breaks my heart. I look at the stories of the videos of the war in 67, when after everything happened, and they go and they get Yerushalayim, and what are they doing, these soldiers? Some of them religious, some of them not religious at all. Crying at the Kotel. For me, that is a moment that we have on video. Where did your sons come? They came to the walls of the Beit HaMikdash. They cried. They cleaned. They, uh, they, they took out all the idols, so to speak. They were literally, in many cases, they were cleaning out garbage that was in front of the Beit HaMikdash. If you look at the pictures, when they recaptured Jerusalem, the space, the Rechavat HaKotel, it was this big, maybe 10 feet wide. I have a picture in my house I could show you. There's a wall of the Kotel, and then there's a wall over here. People you see praying, sitting against the wall opposite the Kotel, 10 feet. Because the Arabs had built houses up until that place. They threw their garbage in that alleyway. It became an alleyway. My friends, we've witnessed a little bit of this in our lifetime. The fact that we came back to the Beit HaMikdash. It's not there fully. It's not cleaned fully. But we cleaned away the garbage. We cleaned away all the garbage they used to throw in that area. There was once a man, a wealthy man who lived in Jerusalem. And he came to the place of the Beit HaMikdash and he saw that they had put just garbage and garbage and garbage and it was piled high on the ground over there in front of the Kotel. And it broke his heart. So he took all the money that he'd brought with him to Israel, all the gold and the silver coins, and he took a shovel and he started, he poked holes in the garbage and he threw the coins in. And he gave, he told the people, there are tons of gold and silver coins in the garbage. And all of a sudden, all the people came. And what were they looking for? They dug away all the garbage. They found the gold and the silver coins. And while they were looking for this money, what happened? The Beit HaMikdash, the whole area, was cleaned away of the trash that had accumulated there. My friends, that story is not only a historical fact, it is also perhaps a prophetic one. Sometimes, you know, the, the, you find a person who's searching perhaps for a Jewish identity, who's searching for safety. And you know what? If Tzahal's only purpose was to ensure that we had a safe haven, Dayenu, it would be enough, and we would owe them tremendous debt of gratitude. In this synagogue, we pray every single Shabbat, Mishiberach, for Chayalei Tzahal, every single week. Not only when they're at war, not only when there's a story of a kidnapping, every week. But my friends, along the way, while we were searching for some gold coins, for some safety, for some security, for a place to call home, we cleaned away a lot of garbage. And what was exposed after that time, this ratzon to go back, was maybe something a little bit deeper. Maybe afterwards we find the, the floor, we touch the place where our forefathers walked. You know, I don't know if any of you ever did the, the tunnel tours. You could walk down, they have a street at the bottom that is the street, exactly the floor of the marketplace that the Tanaim would have walked on. 
that they would have walked to the Beit HaMikdash buying vegetables, buying uh, animals to be able to bring as a korban. You could walk the floors that they walked. After we clean away the many layers of filth that have accumulated on the Jewish soul, on the Jewish consciousness, ideas that we picked up along the way that are not Jewish, uh, concepts that we brought from Russia and Germany and Syria and Iran and Iraq that were not Jewish ideas. They were cultural kind of glamans from the time that we spent in Galut and we forgot the purest form of our Misorah. You know what? In going back and looking for those great safety, for those elements, those little gold coins uh, that Eretz Israel has been providing for us along the way, we've paved the way for something even more special. After that, your children arrived. Where the light of the Jewish people will shine in every single courtyard. Where HaKadosh Baruch Hu's wisdom uh, will be in the hearts and minds of every single Jew. Last night, it was the last night of Chanukah, we lit the candles and I told my children that this day, Vizot Chanukah, is a day that has the greatest light, it's the most candles, illustrating that the power of Chanukah is strongest on this day. And that therefore we should all take a minute and sit by the Chanukiah and pray to HaKadosh Baruch Hu for miracles that we want in our life. Sha'asa, right? We said, Asa nisim la'avotenu, ba'amim ha'em in those days, ba'zeman ha'zeh. So if you pray, you just said it, pray for miracles in this day, for yourself. Normally we say a person's not allowed to pray for a miracle. But within a heartbeat of a beracha where you just said, like the Chachamim told us, one would imagine that you're allowed to ask even for things that maybe you can't imagine coming true. I asked my children, my wife, to all pray. We're all sitting there praying. My youngest daughter, Rivka, was the only one that shared with all of us what she asked for. And listen to the words of a five-year-old child. She said, you know what I prayed for? I'm playing dreidel with her after everyone left. I said, no, tell me, what did you pray for? She prayed that I hope that no one ever forgets about Hanukkah. I hope that all the people who walk past and they see the lights, they remember the story. They remember what happened on Hanukkah. And I said to my daughter, you know, you know who else I think wishes that on the eighth night of Hanukkah? I think Hashem himself wishes for that on the eighth night of Hanukkah. May we be zocheh, not to celebrate Nachukah, a time where the war was over, but may we be zocheh to remember that the point of what we fight for, the point of what we suffer for with anti-Semitism in this world, it has to be worth it. It can't just be that anti-Semitism is about, like if, if our name was Todd and everyone hated if someone was called Todd, what would we do? You change your, flick, your freaking name, right? To Stephen. But we, but we don't do that. And we are experiencing the, the, the hatred. And we do fight the wars and we do pay the price. Let's at least get the upside. <laughs> May Hashem bless us. In the words of a holy soul, a young child. May Hashem bless us to never forget the lights of Hanukkah. Baruch Adonai Le'olam.